Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Disney Geeks, the podcast. I am one of your hosts, Rod, and I'm here with... Carolyn! Well, last since I last talked to you, you have... I, I feel like we need to recap this just a tiny, tiny bit. Okay. Since the last time we talked, you have been able to go to Pirate's Lair at Disneyland. <laughs> I did. <laughs> and so I think we need, I know we put on our stories and everything, but I think we need to get your actual talking discussion points of seeing the cage, um, seeing some of the, because from what I've been told from Sam, who was a guest on our podcast a couple episodes ago, that um, there are some things that you just didn't remember. So please elaborate on what you remember <laughs> slash have experienced on Pirate's Lair at Disneyland. I say, I remember like walking through the caves. I think I went with my sister maybe we just it's like tucked back in a weird little corner and so if you don't really like actually explore the island it's pretty easy to actually miss it and if you're not not paying attention because it's like stuck down in like a a boggy little pond if that's what you want to call it it's meant to be a pond but it doesn't have flowing water so it's like kind of swampy but uh it is there it still exists i have photo proof that i saw it and was in it you were right i'm still shocked that it's there it's one of those things where it's like okay it's that's definitely pretty cool looking but yeah, we went, we walked around the island. Uh, I don't know if they had this when you were there, but like tucked back in like a corner behind the fort that they're not using for anything. I feel like they just need to turn that whole island into like a pirates thing and make it actually really cool. But they've got like a little like photo area with like the chat with like a chest and like pirate treasure and all that stuff. So it is pretty cool to like walk through all the caves and explore. And they've got little things hidden in all the different like corners. So if you don't go, if you haven't gone out there, you actually really should. It's pretty cool. And the bone cages, they do exist. Yes. So. I definitely talked with Sam a lot while you were there. I was like, oh my God, she hasn't seen this? And she's like, nope. And I was like, she hasn't seen this? And she's like, nope. And I'm like, how? How? I mean, I, I get it because it's a whole journey to get across, to get over <laughs> there. And then you have to like spend, like, I feel like to make it worth it, you have to be there for at least like 30, 35 minutes, an hour to make your investment to get on the raft to get over there worth it but i definitely think they made they made efforts at least when they redid it to make it better because i haven't been to the one in walt disney world and magic kingdom did they change that to pirates no it's still tom sawyer but i mean like i haven't made like the investment of the journey to get across like you would for oh yeah i mean we lucked out and we didn't really have to wait for the boat either times it was there or it had pulled up shortly after before I like maybe waited like 10 minutes no not even that probably five minutes to get over there and then when we were coming out to leave it was like right there about ready to depart so we just hopped on I don't know we maybe spent like 20 minutes we really didn't clock how much time we spent on the island but like we explored all the caves we walked through there was like some cool like I don't know if they had these when you visited but they had these cool in one of the tunnels it was like pirates like you know things kind of they have in like the rides where you can like see a little scene or little things so they had like little pirate like treasure things and you could like hear pirates talks so that was pretty cool and then we just like walked around i really think they should utilize that more like there would look like there was like space for like a restaurant there that had not been a thing and then the fort which used to be 
something for Tom Sawyer Island was completely like closed up. You couldn't go in it. I'm like, I feel like they could do something with that and actually like, get people out to the island more. Cause it like, it already is pretty cool. And I feel like you can like completely retheme it and it would be a bigger draw for people to come out there. Yeah, I agree. But unfortunately we are not here to discuss entirely about Pirate Slayer at Disneyland. We are here to discuss On Stranger Tides, the fourth installment of the Pirates of the Caribbean franchise. I know that a lot of people have some thoughts about this movie, <laughs> some very strong thoughts about this movie. So I guess um, before we delve straight into it, Carolyn, what are some of your memories of this particular movie? <laughs> I don't really have any. I re- <laughs> So I was texting our friend who was on the podcast, Sam, about this movie after we finished the last episode. And I was like, gosh, I don't really remember that much. I remember Penelope Cruz is in it. And that she was just, like, fine. Like, obviously, I remember Jack's in it. But then I was like, I just remember there being a hot pirate and a mermaid. And she's like, what? And I was like, yeah, there's, like, a hot pirate and a mermaid. She's like, the priest? I was like, wait, he's a priest? <laughs> I, I, in my brain, had, like, thought he was a pirate. I did not really, I don't really remember much about this movie other than there were mermaids and there was a hot actor who I thought was a pirate, but apparently he was a priest. So <laughs> those are really the only things that stuck in my brain <laughs> from watching this initially. I don't even think I saw this in theaters. I'm pretty sure I watched it at home at some point, <sighs> even though I, I bought it. I, I own I own this one and it, I just, it, it's really forgettable. It's so forgettable. And now those are my memories of it. What about you? Well, so the scene, it is 2000. I want to say the movie came out in like 2013. No, no, no. 2011, 2012 ish. So something around those years. 2011. Cool. 2011. I was actually living in Connecticut at the time. I remember this movie being in development for a while. And again, because I was such a huge, or I mean, I still am, but like a huge Pirates of the Caribbean fan, I wanted to know everything about it. I wanted to learn so much that was happening with it. So when I started researching it, because again, the internet was more accessible at this point, I learned that this was based off of a book called On Stranger Tides, and that the character ironically was named Jack, and it featured zombies and mermaids, which is obviously what they put into the film. I can't remember off the top of my head if Blackbeard was something that was in the book. I want to say he was. There were zombies in this? Yes, there was. That's he, the, the... We'll get to it when we get there. I I literally just watched this. How do I not remember there's zombies? But you don't remember when, like, the people that were, like, the scary people on the ship were, like, that did the voodoo and all that? They were the zombies. He would, like, does it ever teach the guy who scares all pirates, but he also is, like, the razor of the dead? Nope. Clearly I was paying attention. <laughs> well, there are zombies in this. So zombies, mermaids. And I don't think the Fountain of Youth was in there. I think it's just the zombies, the mermaids, and Blackbeard. I want to say those are the three things that were from the book that were brought over to the movie. Which again, obviously, clearly, zombies were not that important because you did not remember them. So I remember I watched this movie twice in the movie theaters, both times when I was in Connecticut. And the big thing for me with this particular movie was that I loved, and I don't know why, I love Angelica's theme. Like, it's the, basically the score calls it Angelica's scene or something along those lines. But it's the scene where Angelica and Jack are, like, 
doing the flirtation dance on the deck. And I forget his name, but the the guy that's like playing the guitar while they're like dancing and talking and all that. Basically, it's the Spanish theme. I like am a sucker for anything with Spanish history because I studied Spanish history in college. So I got very, very excited when it was just very Spanish centric. Um, so I got excited with that. And um, even more recently, as of was it three weeks ago, two weeks ago, they still put Angelica in Magic Kingdom. She's in Mickey's Not So Scary. She's on the Pirates float. And so she's she's there. And the actress they put for her is very much looks exactly like Penelope Cruz. That's my memories of it. Because I got again, I was very, very invested in this movie movie series. So I just was very like wanted to know everything about that was happening. Yeah, I get that. And so I think this was during the I was dating a not magical human being phase of my life. So that's probably why I missed it. That's, that's fair enough. <laughs> fair, fair enough. Um, so based on your movie rewatching, what would you rate this movie for our discussion? From my memories, I would probably say it's like a three because it is insanely forgettable for me. Pre-watching it again, it's it's much, much lower than the originals. Gotcha. I would make this a six out of ten. Six treasure chests, three treasure chests. <laughs> Say we'll yep. see if we we can go up from here, but we will we will dive in. And I think this is also one of the things that I didn't like as much is we spend a lot of time outside of the Caribbean for being parts of the Caribbean. This is very, 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 very true. And with that, with that little gripe out of the way, we'll just we'll just jump right in. So this movie starts in early 18th century, where a man is rescued from the ocean off of the Spanish coast uh, and brought to King Ferdinand of Spain, and he is claiming to be a crewmate of Ponce de Leon. It's very, it's a very, it's it's a very, very Spanish name. It's Ponce de Leon. Yeah, but his first name is Juan. Juan Ponce de Leon. I didn't, didn't mess it up as bad as I thought I was going to. Who disappeared 200 years ago while searching for the Fountain of Youth. And everyone's like, what? That's so long ago. How did he survive? And so that kind of sets off our story with the theme, which is actually where we ended the third film with Jack seeing the Fountain of Youth on the map. And so this actually takes place, it, it says 17 years after the Battle of Calypso's Maelstrom. So like, that cannot be right. 17 years? Maybe, okay, I guess, they, I'm thinking about the next movie, but okay, it makes sense. It makes sense. I forgot where the next yeah. movie picks up. So 17 years, which Jack, Jack has not aged that much. His hair got a lot blonder, but he looks pretty much the same for this being almost 20 years. <laughs> in the yeah, future. I mean, you're right. That's why when I watched it, I was like, wow like it's supposed to be like i didn't put two and two together because i was like oh it looks like the same like you're right but i was like oh no i think they're making him quote-unquote blonder is the way of being like he got older okay yeah because his hair is much blonder in this but otherwise it still looks pretty much the same and so uh we are going to the trial for a man who is accused of being a pirate who is supposed to be jack sparrow but we learn very quickly that it is gibbs his first mate and so jack actually decides to impersonate the judge okay yeah, i guess to judge um in the trial and is basically like no just send him out to jail jail don't execute him and so that is his you know escape attempt so you think that they're actually going to make it out of the city of london but uh they end up at the prison and the guards bring jack to 
King George II, which this is all just, I don't know. It's very weird. Well, I don't like being out of the Caribbean. I don't, I don't mind being in like the town in the Caribbean, but this whole, this whole first sequence, I just, it, there were funny parts to it, but I just didn't like being in London. It was very off-putting. Well, it's, it's funny that he's like, you're guilty of not being Jack Sparrow. And he's like, wait, what? Like, I literally can tell you that you are Jack Sparrow and be like, you are not the judge that you're supposed to be. And he's like, well, you know what? That would be like, at, like that's pointless information. Basically, I'm saying you are guilty of not being Jack Sparrow. You're just going to be in prison for the rest of your life. Done. And then I'm like, I get where they're coming from and trying to get like, because I know historical wise that the English and the Spanish hate each other, especially mm-hmm. since at that point, the English were all like, we're Protestant. And at that point, they're like, we are very diehard Catholics. So like, I get where he's like, we have to basically, if you're Jack Sparrow, and you're creating a crew that's going to go after the Fountain of Youth, I'm recruiting you to do this for me, because I need to beat the Spanish. So like, I think the big problem with this is that you have to have a lot of historical context, like a lot of historical context in order to understand like, why x y and z is happening yeah i do agree because i'm not good with history and it's like okay like king george wants him to go find the fountain of youth which is what he asked him it's why he brought him to meet with him he wants to find the fountain of youth um which i guess because you know they're fighting and he knows that king ferdinand is after it and jack apparently knows where it is um but he doesn't quite have all the pieces so you know, I say, but he, he pretends like he does. And this is when Captain Barbosa re-enters the picture and he is now a privateer and is sporting a peg leg. And he is going to be the captain of this expedition that they're going. And all he needs is the navigational charts that Jack has. And so Jack does what Jack does and escapes <laughs> from the British, the, the, it is, yeah, it is the British. Which is, which is a fun, it's a fun hijinks. Like, I think that was, like, I like that he had planned it all out, and you, like, you think that he's just being dumb by, like, kicking a napkin and, like, doing blah, 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 but, like, it's all setting it up, so I think, I, I like how they set it up. And, side note, I also think, if I remember correctly, while they did the whole thing to Barbosa, I think that's also a character in the book as well. I cannot remember 100%, but I also think that mm. that's a character in the book as well. That's why they made him, like, a one-legged man. Probably, but it kind of comes back later. But I don't know. I don't think Jack, like, planned what he... Jack never plans what he does. He just does it. That's why it works. Because he's crazy. But we love him. We love him so much. Uh, so Jack escapes, and he meets up with his father... And he informs Jack of the ritual that is needed for the Fountain of Youth to make it work and make yourself young again. He also finds out that someone has been impersonating him and recruiting pirates for another expedition. So he's like, well, I got to find out who this imposter is. And we have a whole little like fight sequence with like two Jacks. And we find out that the imposter is actually Angelica, who is a former lover of Jack's. And she also wants to find the Fountain of Youth. So they are, you know, she wants Jack to come with her. And she's this, I don't think we know at this point. No, we do know she's a second mate on a ship, but we don't know whose ship it is. And so she, like, you know, finangles Jack into coming on board and serving on this ship, which we then find out is Blackbeard's ship, the Queen and Revenge. 
And so we find out that Blackbeard was after the Fountain of Youth because um, he got got a vision from someone that he was basically going to die. And so he doesn't want to die. And we learn that he has survived death over all these years using voodoo magic and um, that he is predestined to have a fatal encounter with Barbosa. So that's why Barbosa is important in this story. Yes. So that's where this is where it info dumps like a ton in this section. So much. So basically, yeah. So basically, what they info dump on you is that when they have the battle with Angelica and Jack, the English are coming after them. Angelica is basically like, you know where the fountain of youth is, you know what the ritual is like. And so, like you said, Jack is like playing dumb, like, I know exactly what it is, but like, you tell me first. And so mm-hmm. she's like, we need the tear of a mermaid in order for this to happen. And this is where, like, if you saw that dude that like looks all mangly looking and like gross, that's the zombie. Mm. So the dude that like shoots that little dart at, at Jack and he's like, and she's like, the tear of a mermaid, Jack. And so he gets tricked into being like brought onto the Queen Anne's Revenge. And then, like you said, they're basically like, that's the big thing is that Blackbeard has been told that he is going to die by the hands of a one-legged man. And that, so that's where, like you said, the Barbosa thing comes into play. Oh, and we also forget that Jack also is like, you're here, where where the heck is my Black Pearl? If you're like serving the king, where's my Black Pearl? And Barbosa is like, the ship sunk, like the Black Pearl is gone. And he's like, well, mm-hmm. if you like were a proper captain, you would have gone down with the ship like you're supposed to. And so that's where that whole tension again thing comes in. But anyways, the I can't I forget I can't like there's a there's a line and I'm forgetting what the line is, but they basically say that he like they call him Edward Teach, which is the other name for Blackbeard, that he brings like because of the voodoo magic and all that, like he knows how to bring people back from the dead and that's how they know voodoo magic. Yeah, there's just a whole a whole lot of stuff going on in this yeah, part it's, it's it's a lot and like blackbeard has this ship it's called the sword of triton and it like allows him to like control his ship whenever he's by it so jack decides that he wants to lead a mutiny and you know basically the whole crew gets strung up and then it's this like whole thing of jack trying to talk his way out of it and eventually in all of this too we find out that angelica is blackbeard's daughter so that's shocking well, also your um your your favorite quote unquote pirate is um <laughs> up there during this time period too. I know. I was gonna say he's a poor little captured missionary, and yeah, they've got him strung up in the in in the raptors, and they don't want to kill him. They just needed a hot guy to fill Will's shoes, you know. That's well, literally. okay. Well, you are correct. One hundred percent. They just needed a hot guy to fill Will's shoes. But the whole reason why he's there is because Angelica, the Spanish Catholic that she is, is like, no, we need a priest on board to save my father's soul because uh, he's yes. a good man and he needs to like have redemption and blah, blah, blah. And so the priest basically talked back to Blackbeard so much that she's like, you can't kill him because if you kill a religious person, you're basically going to hell. So you can't kill him. And he's like, okay, well, I can't kill him, but like he's mouthing back to me, so I have to do something. And so he just basically ties him up to the top of the whatever. So, or the top <laughs> of the mask. So during the mutiny, they're just like, you're either with us or against us. And he's like, I'm w- neither with you nor against you. And he's like, can you do that? And he's like, he's religious. He has to. <laughs> he's so sassy. I love it. 
he's he's just the token hot man in this movie because pirates are grubby and gross. <laughs> yes. Well, and this is also where the reason why I bring him up is because, like you said, Jack tries to get himself out of it, and so they basically said, "Is there one man who just stood by and watched everything happen? They're neither on one side or the other side." And so they point to one guy who they're like, "Great, it's the cook." And so they put him in a shit in a little boat. When they say, I was going to say a ship, but it's a boat. It's a dinghy. So they put him in this little, yeah, a dinghy, you're correct. So they put him in this dinghy, and he's like, he can fend for himself. And I don't know how they did this without catching the boat on fire, but apparently it has a flamethrower on the ship. Oh, that, like, yeah. can kill him. So I'm like, yeah. how does this ship not, like, also catch on fire? Because, like, I understood the Davy Jones concept, because, like, that's just a cannon coming from the front. But, like, that's a whole flamethrower. Your ship's made of wood. How is that going to work? I would say they didn't think that one through. No, but that's also, that's also like, again, with the priest where he's like, don't do it. Like, don't kill somebody. He's like, no, I'm not killing him. Like, I'm putting it in God's fate. Like, God can decide whether he lives or dies. Yeah. So that's up to your God, which is also messed up by Blackbeard as well. Like, I think that's why I like the idea of Blackbeard that, like, pirates are scared of him because he doesn't have any moral compass. He's just like, I have, like, I can use other people's reasoning for my own, like, volition yeah he's he's interesting i just he really fell flat for me though like overall like i really wish he would have been i don't know what i wanted him to be but he just he wasn't an exciting especially compared to like davy jones he just he just wasn't an exciting villain for me in this that's fair because davy jones is one that like every time he came on screen you're like oh snap what is davy jones gonna do next Whereas like Blackbeard, you're like, you want Blackbeard to do more. And that's, I think, is the problem. If I can can remember, I can't speak. If I can remember, I think only one of the two original writers from the movies came back for this movie. Mm. I want to say it's Terry Rosario that came back. But the other one did not. And it was like a duo that came up with the storyline for the first three. So that's probably that's probably why he fell flat. <sighs> I get it. But going back to England, uh, Barbosa still has to go after the Fountain of Youth. And I don't remember how Gibbs gets the map. I think Jack might have given him the charts to get to the Fountain of he Youth. Stole it. Okay, I say yeah. I couldn't remember if he stole it or if they gave it to him. Yeah, because Jack goes. He's about to pull it out, and he goes. I lost it very recently, in fact. <laughs> yes. So uh, Barbosa recruits Gibbs, who immediately burns the charts because he's like, well, if I give it to you, you're just going to kill me. And I've memorized the location, so you're just going to have to trust me. And so then they set off after our merry band of pirates. And back on Blackbeard's ship, Jack and Angelica are having their little uh, tete-a-tete or whatever you want to call them. And she tells him about the two silver chalices that must be retrieved from Prince de Leon's ship, the Santiago. And this is, I think, also where she fully explains that you have to use a mermaid's tear, and both chalices must be drunk simultaneously to activate the fountain's healing powers. And the drinker who chalice does not have the tear will die, and their life force will be given to the other person. So it's really not like an eternal fountain of youth. It's more like you just get a bunch of extra years, which I thought was an interesting twist on it. So you will eventually die. You just get to live a little bit longer. And this is also where in their, you know, 
and they're like flirty little banter. She takes him to Blackbeard's cabin where Jack sees Blackbeard's collection of captured ships that have been miniaturized in the little, um, you know, like ship in a bottle type concept, yes. which is also a really cool thing that they did. And it's got the black pearl and the monkeys there. <laughs> that monkey won't ever die. I love that he's still there. He's still there. And so at this point, too, Jack is also trying to get, because part of them trying to get him to cooperate, is they've made a voodoo doll of Jack. So he's trying to get the voodoo doll from them. That does not end up happening. But I can't remember why they get interrupted. Do they get attacked? Um, No, no, no. It's... I would say Blackbeard is coming out of his cabin or something like that. Yeah, there's a reason why they uh, get interrupted. But basically, to get, you know, to get a mermaid's tear, they have to go to Whitecap Bay to capture mermaids. This is probably one of my favorite parts of the movie is this whole mermaid sequence. It's so freaking cool. And so they try and lure the mermaids out, which ends in absolute chaos because these are not your little mermaid mermaids. These are like a mix of like sirens and like bloodthirsty, like we will drag you down and kill you type mermaids. They are so, they are so cool. Well, I like, see, here's the thing with me is I feel like these are like what mermaids would actually be like. Yeah. Like we have these, we have these like preconceived notions because of the little mermaid. They're like, they're sweet. And they like, will go to whatever. Like it's the same concept as like Harry Potter in the Goblet of Fire and this one. Like I actually, we know they didn't come out around the same time. For some reason, I thought they came out around the same time, but it's still the same concept of like, Mermaids are not supposed to be like, oh, we're like these peace-loving people and we just live under the sea. Like, no, the reason why they were like mermaids were created in general is because they were a pirate's slash sea man's like, not fantasy, but like idea of like, there are things that like come after us in the water. Like they came up with these ideas. That's why like Luca also has that way. Like when you look at Luca, you know that they're technically mer people too. They just look like sea monsters because like that's what they're so quote unquote supposed to look like. Yeah, it's like the concept of sirens that their song is so beautiful they lure people and literally sailors. There we go. That's yeah, specifically that's men. Sailors. Yeah. I'm I guess if you're a female too and you hear them, it's like pretty much all people, but men were the ones that primarily sailed at that time. But they would like lure sailors to their death. Like they'd sit on the rocks and sing and then men would come and smash their ships. So it's like, yeah, the well, why do people crash their ships? Well, they heard the sirens, so you know, they just couldn't resist those mer women. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Blame it on the women. Right, there's a whole action sequence with the mermaids, and Jack does what Jack does best and creates some chaos. And I, I, I say, I forgot that this line was in this movie, but it's the one. Did everyone see that? Because I will not be doing it again. I forget what they use that because they use it in a promo for something. Is it? Is it like for the DVDs or I can't remember what it's I for. I don't. I don't know. But it does. Like that line, they use a lot. I feel like they use it. Is it in World of Color? They do, they do, yes, yes, yes. Yeah, they use it at the end of that whole sequence where it's like fire and Ironically, World of Color came out around the time that this movie came out, so they had to input Stranger Things in there to be like, go watch Stranger Things. Oh, sorry, Stranger Things. Oh my god. On Stranger Tides. 
Wow. Very different. Very different shows. (laughs) Um, But yeah, yes, that's what that line is from. That's where Disney uses it a lot. But they are actually able to capture a mermaid who we initially think is going after Philip. We find out later that is not actually 100% the case, but they uh, trap her. We find out later her name is Sienna. So she is uh, a mermaid and they put her in a glass container and carry her to their next destination. destination because what we learn is that mermaids tears have to be fresh for them to be effective so they can't you know get them from her and then take you know it on the next part of the journey so now they are heading to the island where Ponce de Leon's ship is and they have to go get the chalices so Jack with his magical compass is like well you still need me because I'm the only one who can you know use magic compass and they're like oh okay fine whatever so they go to the Santiago uh there are lots of fights and arguments that happen along the way Sienna's cage breaks and her tail turns into feet like Ariel when there's just there's just a whole I feel like they just spend this whole time like arguing and and being grumpy at each other yeah so it's a lot of so in originally when they come off the ship they blindfold Jack to be like we won't tell you where the ship is because like we know how trick like how much you like to trick people so like you can come back and like grab our ship and he's like what I would never and they're like Jack you would totally steal our ship he's like okay you're right and they only come up with the name Sienna because Philip gives it to her so, like, that's the other part, too, is, like, Ellie, I think that's why, like, she bonds with him so much, is she's, like, oh, he cares, and he's, like, gonna give me a name, and he's gonna give me a purpose with these people, even if that's not my name, like, that, at least it's, like, he he cares about a human, per- or, quote-unquote, a creature in general. He cares about life, yeah, because there's a point before yeah. her, her cage, her, like, glass cage breaks, where she's, like, having trouble breathing, and he's, like, she needs air, and they're like, no, she'll escape. And he's like, uh, no, I'm giving her air. And so, like, yeah, they, like, are, like, bonding and falling in love. I don't know. Like, I get what you, like, that's the thing, like you said, like, it's trying to be the quote-unquote Will character, but it's not working. Like, that's the thing that I noticed when I was watching this movie. I was like, it doesn't work. Like, what you're trying to create and what you're trying to, like, get us to believe is not working <laughs> at all. Yeah, but okay, okay, but okay. Like, when she, when her 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 case breaks and he, like, does the whole thing where he, like, takes his shirt off to cover her, like, you know, he's pretty hot. Like, I don't think listen, Will ever listen. took his shirt off. No. So, <laughs> like, Philip gets some points in that, in that category, because that happened. I was like, wait, how did I forget this? Because good, good sir, good sir, you are good looking. <laughs> I forget. Oh my god, what is the name? He's. Oh my god, what's his name? Sam Kaplan, something like that. He's in uh, Hunger Games. Yes, I was trying to remember his Hunger Games. Yeah, Hunger Games persona. Oh, I know Sam Kaplan. Thank you, Finnick. There we go. So Finnick, Finnick Shan. That's what his name is. Oh my god, memory's coming back. He did the whole shirtless thing in Hunger Games. So I'm like. I don't know. Like, I know as a priest, he doesn't think anything of it, but for everybody else, it's like, oh, we took a shirt off. <laughs> and we're just like, but he's supposed to be a priest. You're not supposed to be like, oh my I God, know. Shirt off. And it's like, and he's so noble, making sure she's decent. Like, oh, geez. 
No wonder she no wonder she falls for him. Oh my but she's a mermaid. She's not supposed to care. Which if you find out like if you look at it later on, she really doesn't care. And in reality, like I know I'm skipping towards the end, I'm not gonna go all the way there, but just like the way that it ends, he could easily have just been dead. Yeah, we can talk about that when we get there because I have thoughts. <laughs> but, but you are but you are correct. So like there's a whole thing with them. Yeah, and then they're like they debate on who's gonna go to Santiago because it's like down somewhere where they all basically cannot get to. So Jack is the one who decides he's gonna go. He and Barbosa meet up on the Santiago and find out that the chalices have already been taken by the Spanish. So they're like, well, we're going to go together to retrieve them. And while they're like doing this, Barbosa explains that Blackbeard is the one that attacked the Black Pearl, which we already knew. And that is what led to the loss of his leg because he had to self-amputate it. And while kind of all this is happening and there's Barbosa and Jack are still in the chalices, which is a whole pretty funny actually how they do it back with blackbeard and all the pirates they are trying to extract a tear from sienna and so they try all of these different tactics and she's like i'm not gonna you know she refuses to cry and so they leave her basically out of water to kind of die of dehydration and are force philip to move along with the crew so all of that is happening Jack then returns, bargains for the return of his compass because they kept his compass, you know, to make sure he came back because, again, no one trusts Jack. So he exchanges those for the chalices. Blackbeard's like, sure, that sounds great. And then this is when Blackbeard and his crew locate the Fountain of Youth on their on their way there. Oh, one thing I did forget to mention was Philip sweet sweet Philip. he decides that he's gonna go back to try and save sienna and the pirates of course follow him because they're not idiots and she thinks that he's betrayed her and like sold her out to get the tear so that is how they get the the mermaid tear to then go to the fountain of youth which is not the case so they drag philip along with them as they go to the fountain well okay so wait i'm gonna cover a lot of a lot of ground that you just said. So first, I think that it's super cool that they did do another drawback, or not drawback, another... Callback? Thank you so much. Callback. Another callback to the ride, where it's uh, Ponte de Leon is in the... I'm saying it with the lisp and everything. Um, he's in the ship. Yes. And he's in the ship, and they just... And he's in the bed looking at the map, and they're like, don't touch the map. So I think that's like a super cool callback that they do with that. They also, in being captured with the chalices, talk about why Barbosa chopped off his leg to begin with. It was basically like um, Blackbeard showed up, and for some reason he was able to control the Black Pearl, and he like grabbed my leg, and he basically said like, I am the master of the Black Pearl, not Blackbeard, so I took control of myself, and I cut off my leg because I wanted to be able to be like, Blackbeard is not going to kill me, and my ship is not going to kill me, so I'm going to basically like take care of myself, and so that's why he has the pike leg that he does. And I just think that it's a cool, like, the whole, like, this whole scene, I think, is really cool, just because, in the end, Jack Sparrow was the captain, and Barbosa was his first mate. So, like, for a period of time, these two were, like, best friends, or at least, like, they had a 
companionship that no one else could understand. And I think because of this scene, you kind of understand why and how they were able to have that companionship. And I think that's actually really cool. It's like, we didn't get to see that in the first three movies. You just got to see is like Jack and Lobos are like, we're at each other all the time and they were like equals. And you can see this again, that they are equals, but just in a different way. Yeah, it definitely, I think that's one thing this movie does do well is expand on their, the more like nuances of their like, relationship because yeah we really have only seen them kind of like at each other and yeah like that was a like you don't you don't think about that a whole lot that they did have to work side by side at one point you know yeah and the other thing like you said the reason why sienna was able to give her tears is because they killed him at first and they're like okay like clearly she's gonna cry because she cares about him like, that's why he's, like, like that's why she's going to cry and she doesn't. They're like, ooh, she's, like, a fierce one. And so this is where the zombiness comes into play, that they bring him back to life. And so he comes back and, like, tries to free her. And so I think the line is, tears of sorrow, she she won't, but, like, tears of joy, she'll give. And so that's how they get the tear for her, for the chalices. Yeah. So I can't, and the, you're right, they do bring the priest along for this, like, journey. But it was after he brought him back to life that he was able. so technically he's a zombie he doesn't look like a zombie he doesn't but that's because he's a fresh zombie it's <laughs> because he needed to stay hot for the movie it's fine exactly <laughs> he, he was only he was only dead for a few hours they brought him back and then he went back you know it's a whole thing okay so uh, yeah after all of that oh and one another important thing as they kind of as this was i don't know at some point as everyone was traipsing through the jungles there's a lot of traipsing through the jungles in this movie that all kind of blurred together at a, at a certain point but barbosa also has been collecting little poison frogs and ah, he poisons yes. his blade and this is Im- important so barbosa has a poisoned blade so basically now we're at the point where blackbeard jack angelica they all have located the fountain of youth it takes them a while to figure out kind of the nuances of getting up there but they eventually do actually reach the fountain and when they get there they are confronted by Barbosa and his men and i just i want to know how they all got there either like very were they there before did they get there very shortly after the time this part is very kind of messy in the timeline because the spanish then also show up and so they're all fighting over the fountain because the spanish are like oh this is an abomination to god we are gonna you know kind of destroy it basically so the chalices end up getting thrown into a deep pool there's a lot of like battle that's ensuing so in the middle of this philip ends up escaping going back to sienna they're like we want to be together and then she takes him to the ocean to live in the city like what the how is that an ending how is that an ending well okay so one small detail he gets like they slice him in, like, not in half, but, like, they slice his stomach. So he's basically, like, bleeding to death. And so he, like, runs back to her because he wants to spend his, quote-unquote, final moments with her. And then he releases her because he wasn't able to before. She was still stuck, like, hands up or whatever, tied up. So he finally releases her. And so what he does, she, like, disappears. And she's the one that brings the chalices back to Jack. And then she gets back to Philip. And says, like, I can save you. All you have to do is ask. So, like, I agree. We don't know what happens after she, like, pulls him under. Which I get, like, her breathing into his mouth, like, lets him stay, like, able to breathe. But still, I'm like, what happened? In the fifth one, we don't ever see them again. So what happened? Yeah. 
I want to know. I say, does he become a merman? Is that what happens next? If that that was very unfulfilling, it was my favorite part <laughs> of of the movie. There is no post credit scene. I watched. No, there's that. There is that. So annoyed. Maybe we found out that the Pirates of the Caribbean universe actually also takes place in the DC universe, and he becomes <laughs> Aquaman. Uh, yeah, if only. <laughs> he went to the hunt. He went to the Hunger Games after this. <laughs> <laughs> he did because you know he became an Aqua person after they went to different. Yeah, Club. I know. <laughs> <laughs> That's why. <laughs> oh, you know, God. you're right. Pirates of the Caribbean and Hunger Games are in the same universe. Who knew? Who knew? Hey, who knew? But okay, but also, how do these pools in the middle of the freaking island go all the way through? Like, I don't. Someone didn't really think through <laughs> how all this was going to work. It didn't, but you know, it's it's fine because it's Pirates of the Caribbean, and at that point, they <laughs> said, "No one's going to watch these movies after this. We can do whatever we want, and who's going to care?" <laughs> they knew this one was a failure from the beginning, so like, oh, whatever. <laughs> or they actually, or they thought it was going to be a billion dollar enterprise, and no one's going to think about it. Honestly, I think what actually happened is they made this movie and like, oh, we can now build a thing off this mermaid thing because the mermaids were a huge selling point of this movie like i remember in the marketing they're like we've got mermaids 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 like even in the this is when the the new disney castle had become like a big thing and so they were like "Ooh, the mermaids are flipping in front of the castle like you know it's gonna be all about mermaid so i think that that's what they were really trying to sell on is like we were gonna do a whole thing where after this jack is gonna have like a big thing with mermaids and then it, it didn't do as well. And so they're like, oh, okay. The mermaids were the best part. They should have had more mermaids. <laughs> uh, but going back to the the cave where everyone is fighting. So yes, Sienna brought the chalices back to Jack. And in true Jack fashion, he, uh, you know, does his thing. But um, because Blackbeard and Barbosa obviously have their little feuding thing, Barbosa stabs Blackbeard which his, with his poison blade. And takes his sword of Triton. So now that he he can, you know, captain the revenge and tell the ship what he wants it to do. And return to his life of piracy. So he is no longer working for the crown. But in all of this, the Spanish crushed the fountain. And because they crushed it, they're like, oh, it's fine. We can just leave. It's not powerful anymore. But you know Jack. He's done his thing. Oh, what I love is that the Spanish just, like, bend the chalices are like it doesn't work anymore and throws it away i'm like wait what like you don't think that just because they're like a chalice that they still can't be used like they just bend them like if you look at them they're just bent and they're yeah it throws them i'm like okay like they still can be used you didn't like smash them or make them Im- completely unusable like i think the big thing was the fountain itself was like the water was hard to get to yeah yeah so yeah they like they smash the fountain up, the water isn't flowing as it should, but Jack is still able to get a few drops and he puts the tear in one of the cups. And so Angelica is by her father. Well, I forget. Angelica touches the sword somehow. Like I think she like grabs the sword. Yeah. I was going to say she's cut her hand. So she and Blackbeard are both dying. And so Jack then brings them the chalices and he, he does the whole, I love this. This is like such a great Jack moment. He does the fake out where, because part of the whole thing in the movie too is the, well, the Blackbeard and Angelica, like, oh, are you actually a good person? 
And so uh, Jack is like, oh, this chalice has the tear and this chalice doesn't. And basically Blackbeard selfishly takes the one with the tear. And Angelica's like, how could you do that? But (laughs) funny for him, Jack did not tell them the correct cup, obviously, because he wanted to see what Blackbeard would do if he would save his daughter or if he would be selfish and try and save himself and so blackbeard ends up dying and angelica is healed because she now has taken blackbeard's remaining years so that is honestly pretty much where it leaves off jack maroons angelica on an island because he's like well as much as i like you and as great of a time as we have together i just don't know if i can trust you and so he leaves her angry and sulking (laughs) on the beach (laughs) and then afterwards he and gibbs reunite and they use jack's compass to locate the revenge and retrieve the bottle black pearl uh thus setting jack and gibbs on their next next adventure and honestly that's pretty much how our movie ends well, so the thing with Angelica is she wants to do anything to save her father. So what I think is, that's what Jack is always like, why are you trying to save Blackbeard? He's not a good person, blah, blah. So like when when Blackbeard takes the tear, she's like, that's what I wanted. My father should, like, I'm here to sacrifice for my father. Because that's the big thing is that, so the not running joke, but like the reason why they met is because he goes to a convent and Angelica was... A, a nun basically and, and so because she was a nun she like has this like moral compass and that's why she's so religious and blah blah so like that explains why when like she gets the reason why she gets angry is because she's like you stole the like i wanted my father to survive i would have sacrificed myself for my father and he's like your father wasn't a good person you should be the one that lives because and that's the other thing too he like that's it's uh i forget what scene like when it happens but there's a scene with Gibbs that Jack is like, I've had feelings. And he's like, Oh, you love her. And he's like, shut up about it. Like, don't talk to me about it. Like I like I get it. Like whatever. Shut up about it. And so I like and I guess it's like a big story that's like, oh, it's the woman from Seville. It's like this one particular woman that like you've had all these co- you've had all these conquests. But there's one that you've talked about over and over again. I'm assuming. Like that's the way that they make it seem like it's like there's one that you like remember or like you've had enough time with that you were like, Oh, there's this one person. Yeah, I don't know. I just their chemistry was not super believable for me, so I no, I one hundred percent agree. Like Jack, I don't, I don't ever, I don't ever see Jack having an actual love interest. That's why, like with Elizabeth, I never thought it was a love interest. I just thought it was like Jack's, like, ooh, I could have like a night with this woman. I can like say I had a night with like a governor's daughter. Like that yeah, could be a fun. Time. No, like Jack wants what he can't have, so that's why exactly. Elizabeth is alluring to him. Like that's what Jack, Jack, yeah, Jack wants what he can't have. Yes. I just love the marooning scene where he's like, you could have let, like, you could have attacked me like a half an hour ago. You got out of your minds an hour, like a half an hour ago. I know you did. And she's like, there's a treasure. There's like a treasure that we can go after. He's like, it's not that big of a deal. And he's like, I'm in love with you. Okay, cool. I love you too. But like, no. And then (laughs) I'm a child. And he's like, I've never actually been that drunk. Like, it's great. Just like (laughs) all these things he's like throwing at him. And he's like, no, like every single line you've given me, I can just, 
I give you an excuse. I hey, go, so, go ahead. Goodbye. 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 And then I love that the one shot, the one shot she had, she missed. He's like, you missed. I, yeah, Jack has some really great lines in this. Yeah, it was, this movie, man. Uh, even the post credit scene, like it's the voodoo doll Jack washing up a shore, um, Angelica's island. And it never goes anywhere. Never. I feel like this movie, you can take it out and the fifth movie will still make sense. Yes. But the thing that is even more annoying about this is that you're right. You could eliminate this movie. Nothing happens. But Disney is not going to let it go. Like I, you can go to either parts of the Caribbean on either coast and they will have Blackbeard talking. Like I wish they could have just left it with Davy Jones. And that would have been great. Like, just leave it with Davy Jones. You know the movie deals with Davy Jones. Like, the majority of the series deals with Davy Jones. Even when we get to the fifth one, when we discuss it, it still heavily involves Davy Jones. So, like, you don't need to put... Like, I understood for, for promotional purposes to have Blackbeard in there. But now I'm like, there's no purpose. Like, you... Like, for that movie, it made sense that you're trying to promote a movie. You're trying to get people to watch this particular movie. But it's been years. It's been almost a decade. Actually, it's been a, over a decade. And you still want to put them in the attraction. Yeah, I just wish... I say getting into what we like and what we don't like about this movie. I think Jack is funny. I enjoy Jack in this movie. I enjoy Gibbs. I've always enjoyed Gibbs. I They tried to add in funny pirates. But like the funny sidekick pirates they added, I just kept being like, I miss Pintel and Rigetti. Like it's not it's not the same. Like I let I thoroughly enjoyed the mermaids. They're my favorite part. But this movie, it's like the other movies like we've talked about. I don't care that there are things that are like not continuity wise the greatest, or maybe don't make entirely a lot of sense. But they're fun. And this one, I'm just like, when am I going to start having fun? I don't know. Even though Jack is funny, it. It's not the same as the other, the original three. And it's it's frustrating. What I realized, and this is what is the problem with this movie and the fifth movie, is that Jack Sparrow only works as the side character. He does not work as the main character. Because movies one through three were about Will and Elizabeth, and Jack just so happened to mess everything up. Whereas this one, it was about Jack Sparrow who messes everything up, but we're also trying to make him a redeemable character where you're like, oh, we're rooting for him and for him only. And we know who Jack Sparrow is. We know that he is a pirate through and through. We know he's a pirate that messes things up. We know he's a pirate that like just makes things up as he goes along. We He's not one that thinks everything through. And so when you're trying to make a main character who has all those traits do all that, your plot's never going to go anywhere. So that's why it like, it was, I feel like he had funny moments, but he wasn't the person that you're like, I want Jack Sparrow to win. It was, what's the fun thing that Jack Sparrow is going to do next? Yeah. Like what's the next crazy wonky thing? And like, even with adding like Angelica and Blackbeard in, I didn't feel like she was a compelling counterpart to him. And I don't know if that has to do with the actress or if it has to do with like in terms of like casting who they cast or if it's just a flaw in the story and not really making her interesting or engaging. And it's kind of the same thing with Blackbeard. Like as a villain, it's like, I guess you're scary, 
kind of i don't i don't really know it's like like davy jones was such an intimidating complex villain that blackbeard just like pales in comparison i think that's the issue is that we had like if you had put black like okay so we had barbosa who he was a compelling villain because he was someone who jack sparrow had had a relationship with turned on him and now is the person that owns his ship like that makes sense if you had made Blackbeard the second villain, then that probably would have probably worked a little bit more in our favor of like, okay, this is a pirate that all pirates fear. This is a pirate that like we've never seen before. He's more intimidating, blah, blah, And then we move on to the to Davy Jones. Then that would have been a more some, like a sequential way of like building up pirates. But you're correct. Like if you get to Davy Jones and you have this person who's been in control of all the seas and he is immortal and he basically can do whatever he wants and there's no consequences. And then you go to somebody who's like, oh, he's the pirate that all pirates fear. No, that would have been Davy Jones. Like Davy Jones is the one that you fear. So like, I guess, but like Blackbeard would have been the person that you fear after him. But like after Davy Jones, you're like, well, I guess maybe. It's complicated. Yeah, and like you said, it's like, oh, there's like zombie. There's like there were zombies. Like make him have a whole freaking ship of zombies. Like make him scary. And the fact that his magical sword only works when he's near his ship. And I feel like too, like I get they were they wanted to bring another kind of like grounding thing in from the original trilogy and have Barbosa. But if you look at like like you said with Barbosa. He and Jack had a beef. If you look at Jack and Davy Jones, they had a beef. Jack made a deal and he wasn't following through. So, like, if you want the story to be about Jack, then find, figure a way to have Jack have a, a bigger connection so that they're with, or not Barbosa, with Blackbeard, as opposed to it being with Barbosa, who's like literally doesn't even see Blackbeard until the last, like, I don't know. 10 15 minutes of the movie in the battle sequence i see the issues with it i like i said i appreciate it for like what you said like the mermaids i guess this is going into like what i like about it but like i liked the fact that it was like they brought in mythical creatures which we had mm-hmm. started in the second and third movie but like we never really got to get totally into so like bringing more sea creatures into it because the kraken was like a big thing that's in sea mythology and so you're bringing mermaids into it which is also awesome like you're bringing in more sea mythology but that's basically it. And I didn't think about it until you said it. But the idea of they don't spend a lot of time in the ocean. They spend most of their time on an island or in London. They never really spend a lot of time in the water, which is what is the big thing that happened in these other movies. Like you were oh like you wanted to be on those ships because you saw it so much in the movies like i wanted to be on the black pearl so bad i wanted to be on the flying dutchman so bad because we spent so much time on those ships that you're like i want to explore i want to see where the brigs are i want to like be on the actual deck like i wanted to see all of those things whereas this one i'm like i spend maybe what 10 minutes on the queen anne's revenge and then you're off on an island for the rest of the movie yeah and i don't even think that island's in the caribbean probably not no it's probably like in the middle of like the mediterranean yeah and like as fun as the sequence is with jack you know racing through the streets of london it's entertaining i'm not gonna say it's not it was i forgot that we like removed ourselves from the caribbean and i feel like that does a disservice to this movie 
I mean, it's literally, it's Pirates of the Caribbean. Like, I'm sure you could have found a way to tell this story in the Caribbean. Yes. Like, even, like, like you said, or not what you said, but, like, if you look at Marvel with, like, how Black Panther is, like, oh, we're gonna make Atlantis and Mesoamerica come together. Like, it still works. So, like, why yeah. can't you do the same thing with, like, Pirates of the Caribbean? So, I think, I think the big problem with this movie is that it was really heavily relying on the story of this on Stranger Tides book and they weren't trying to be original anymore where like most movies if they're pulling off of a, another person's material you pull off of it but you still make it fit in the universe that you want it to fit it I'm gonna go back to Marvel I guess again is that Marvel has so many comic books so many different storylines that they go off of but they don't say okay we're gonna go off of this particular storyline and make it frame for frame or make it exactly the same they're like oh no we're gonna take this storyline that they had pull the highlights or pull specific things that we like from it and make it fit in the universe that we have created over the last specific time period yeah it's like they pull a theme so i think that's the bigger issue is that they relied so heavily because i think they were just like we need another money grab of Pirates of the caribbean we've given it enough time and space that people can be nostalgic about it that like i think it was only like five years which again for most people because of how technology works and how our social media works that even at that point they're like oh five i think it was like honestly like maybe four or five years like four or five years has been enough time that people are like let's do another one even though they were like it's never going to happen again they're like it's enough time that we can pull off the nostalgia and people are still interested in pirates that, that we can do something but they didn't they didn't give it the grace i think that they needed or the time to actually develop a good enough story even if they were going to use this book they could have just they didn't use it properly yeah and i think too with orlando bloom and kiara knightley decidedly not coming back like they both i think pretty definitively said we're done for now and we'll learn in the next one that they aren't really really done they might come back but yeah i think that is also something that didn't help this movie i feel like if they I feel like it could have been a completely different story had they decided to rejoin the cast in some like capacity. I had another thought. Um, and I mean, clearly we are still in love with pirates because they're still talking about doing a sixth one. So yes, which, <laughs> we can't, uh, we, we, we can't let it go. <laughs> no. And I like, this is, uh, I don't know. If, uh, it's up to you. Do we want to have this, have this discussion now or do we want to wait for the next one no let's wait for the next one because then we'll be we're done it can be the wrap-up of how do we feel about potentially another one so we were saving that for the next episode (laughs) i have a lot of thoughts a lot of thoughts y'all have to come back in two weeks to listen to the next episode to find out how we feel about a potential sequel (laughs) so i guess with all that being said we talked about our ratings in the beginning and we talked about what we do and don't like. Carolyn, how do you rate this movie now? I think it goes up a little bit because it was more entertaining than I remember, but not by much because it's still honestly really freaking forgettable. Um, I'm going to move it to a four treasure chest out of 10. So not a massive improvement, but it, it was a little bit more entertaining than I remembered it to be. What about you? 
I am going to actually go down, and I'm going to go down to a 5 out of 10, as opposed to my 6, which is very disappointing, because I remember listening, like, I legitimately downloaded the soundtrack and listened to it so much, and I'm like, maybe that's what I like most about it, is just the soundtrack. The pirate soundtracks all are just so good, so I don't blame you for having better recollections based on the music, because music is such, like, a big, like, memory thing, so I get it. Yeah. Well, with that being said, we are going to move on and we're going to be like, it's, it's, I feel like we blinked and we're done. We're going to be on <laughs> right? to the last, we're going to be on the last Pirates movie and then we're going to move on to Marvel. How do you, before, I know we're going to like talk about it a little bit, but like, how do you feel about like being able to dabble in Marvel in just like a couple of weeks? We're not starting Marvel until next year. Did you read the outline I sent you? I did. I did. I did. But I mean, like, this is amazing. That's the most major thing that we're going to, like, big franchise we're going to talk about next. Besides, besides Frozen, besides, fun little facts, guys, we're going to talk about Frozen very soon. We're going to do Hocus Pocus? Yes. I mean, I, yes, we have a lot of things that we're coming up that are, like, cool. But I mean, like, the big, like, we've done, like, the next big, huge thing that we're, like, going to be talking about is Marvel. Like tentpole franchise, yes. like type. Okay, yes. yeah. I mean, I'm excited to get into Marvel. Phase one is always so fun to talk about because it it is really where I mean, ugh, I say it's so hard to put thoughts to it. I'm excited because I mean, every phase has its divisive films, but I feel like Phase one has everyone forgets how actually not cohesive phase one is in terms of like this the them because they're it's literally they're like trying to put their worlds together and then the avengers is where it really happens so it's always fun to talk about because those films are kind of like hit and miss for me so yes. it'll be really it'll be really fun to talk about i'm excited about it so we'll probably start that in january and yes. our plan is to break up the phases so that we're not spending five years in marvel it'll we'll have things in between so don't worry <laughs> We're not going to just be a Marvel podcast for the rest of the <laughs> But no, the reason why I bring it up is because we we have spent, I, I enjoy the fact that we've talked about uh, a series that you and I both enjoy. And then we talked about a series that I sincerely enjoy. And I know there's going to be a couple of other films in between that like you and I either enjoy, don't enjoy, whatever. But like the next one, the be- next big one is like your baby. So like, that's why I brought it up. My child, yes, no, 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 Marvel baby. <laughs> I love, I love all of it so much. I really do. Yes, as much as I, as much as I love Marvel too, I know Marvel is your baby as opposed to my Star Wars baby. I say, I think you'll be surprised though, because like we've talked, we talk very generally about Marvel a lot of times, but we don't sometimes get down into like the nitty gritty. With obviously a lot of the newer things, you and I talk a little bit more about it. But I think you'll probably be surprised by how I feel about some of the films, actually. Well, like you said, we have a little bit of time until we get into that, and I'm very excited yes. to discuss more Disney, quote unquote. I don't. It's not canon films, but more like specifically Disney films. Um, yes. So, with that being said, Carolyn, if you want to find you on the internet, how can they find you? You can find me at the tiniest Avenger on Instagram uh, with underscores between each of the words. And Rod, where can people find you? People can find me at Rod Meets World with an H and Disney Geeks the Pod is where you can find us on Instagram. And we have been very good about posting a little bit more frequently, especially with all the D23 updates that have been happening recently. Um, and so some crazy. of the new things that are happening, um, especially with Carolyn's adventures at 
Disneyland that we did a couple, or she was there a week ago, and I posted some stuff about the movies that we've gone through. So I definitely think you should check us out because we definitely throw some throwbacks into what we have seen in our past. I'm going to say, we try. We really try. We can try we better. <laughs> <laughs> we, we try. I'm going to say, maybe we'll do some, like, fun things. We'll see. We'll see, we'll see what we can do. All right. We'll see you guys next time on Disney Meets the Pod. Bye. Thank you.